Hello, everybody, and welcome to an evening with Gary Kobat and me, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Gary, for being here. How are you? Amazing. I love this time of year. I love this time of year. It's a great time to reflect, but it's a great time to create some momentum. Ooh, there's a good word, momentum. It's a Gary word. This is so. Here we are. We're coming from our homes and hearts to your homes and hearts. It's eight o'clock on the East Coast. We're just kind of. This is intended to be really relaxed, and um, we've got people asking us questions already. So if you want to ask us a question, just type it in the comments there. And if you hear my phone chiming, there's people asking us questions. Um, so I thought we would have a chat uh, with Gary Kobat, like story time with Gary Kobat. And, uh, <laughs> and start off with, uh, you know, some, some, I'll just start off with people's questions. What do you think about that, Gary? Awesome. Let's get it. Let's get rolling. Okay. Here's, here's one for you, Gary. Where, where have you guys been? <laughs> <laughs> Right here and right now, and I wish that for everybody in the new year, is being present. Because if we think about this past year, it's gone. We can't get it back. We can't do anything about it. We can't go back and correct things. We can't go back and re-celebrate things because it's past. And then in five months from now, it's the future. So we, it's not here yet. So really, all we have is right now. And I just think it's awesome to be here right now with you. It's, you know, I miss doing our shows and I love sharing. And uh, I, I just can't wait to hear about everybody going to the next level this year. Yeah, same thing. I've just been doing the same thing. I've written a book. That's my big thing that I've been doing. <laughs> but uh, uh, So we have the Change Guidebook coming out, which, Gary, thank you for sharing your story in there. Uh, one of your stories. Again, we have story time with Gary Kobat. So we, we've got lots of Gary stories coming up here this evening. Um, but uh, so let's let's go with a, a story. It, another question, actually. People would like to know, Gary, how you began your well-being journey and how it continues to today. And somebody asked how old you are, by the way, too. Uh, next, next week, 65. Yep. And, and that's how old I am as well. I'm 52 next week, 65. <laughs> but we are looking. Here's the, thing. And feel exactly. Here's the go. Here we go. Si turning 65, looking 55, feeling 45. And if everybody would just take their age, turning 50, looking 40, feeling 30. Turning 45, looking 35, feeling 25. What a great, simple starting goal if they don't have one. Yeah. We can, literally take, we can literally take 10 and 20 years off our life and be much more youthful with a little focus and a little concentration, a lot of self-love, and a lot of valuing ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So let's go back to that question. Your well-being journey, how did it begin? And nope. how does it continue today? No different than anybody else. Okay, we're, we're human. I'm human. You're human. And pretty much by a challenge. Crossroads. Stuck. Water skiing accident. Going to sign a pro baseball contract. Not after that water skiing accident. So I had to completely change. And, and the change and the surgeries and the crutches and the walker and the cane and learning five, six years of physical therapy, 
you look inside and you realize, wait, I'm still valuable. I'm still a 10 on a scale of one to 10. I'm still an athlete. And I just had to approach it very calmly, very relaxed, very patiently, very gradually, because I'm still that 10 on a scale of one to 10, 24, seven, 365. And everybody else is out there. So if they're going through challenges, it's really for us, not happening to us. And that's the key. And that's literally embracing, accepting that I was still a world-class athlete at whatever, 25. So what is that 40 years ago? And it just, the path was charted for me the rest of my life. So how have, how have athletics played a role for you throughout your life? You're constantly writing your own comeback. It's an inside job. You got to look inside. You know, everybody gets nervous at the starting line of a race. Well, you don't if you feel valuable enough and you've practiced, your nutrition is sound, and you're ready for the race. It's just another start. It's just another training session with a number pinned on you, basically. So it's basically a state of mind. So everything's mind-driven. Mind drives the body. Uh, mind drives the emotions. Um, valuing ourselves and self-care drive our worth. And our worth is something people just keep, they forget. And so when they get caught up or they get low vibration, they forget they're a 10 on a scale of one to 10. And that's a project. That's a practice. And it started 40 years ago. It's a daily practice. It's catching myself when I feel like a two or I feel like a minus three. Or if I react to something at a minus six, I just have to pause and take a deep breath and remind myself I'm a 10. I'm gifted and talented. You're gifted and talented. Everybody out there is gifted and talented, creative. And catch on to that. Connect with that. Be heartfelt about that. And then everything else becomes smaller. All the stress and all the fear and all the I'm not enoughness gets a lot smaller when we connect to our gifts and talents. So my book is about change, the change guidebook, how to align your heart, truths, and energy to find success in all areas of your life. When I say that title, what does that mean to you? We already are what we desire to be. It's already there. You're already a 10. You're already a master at something. You just have to practice it. You're already gifted and talented, intelligent enough to craft the end result. So when I work with my world-class athletes, and we've been traveling this past year all over the world, and the world championships are now open again, and the Olympics are about to start next month. And so I work with a lot of world-class athletes, and we got a lot of silver medals, and we got a lot of wins this year. That was all them learning that they're a 10 also, no matter what country, no matter what race, no matter at what level. Um, and they are already what they desire to be versus their thoughts or versus, uh, you know, not enoughness or their past. Um, at any moment, we can be an optimal 10 at any moment in any race, in any foot strike, in any swim stroke, in any pedal stroke on a bike, in any stroke on a canvas for an artist or any, you know, song that you're singing any book that you're writing, it's all about connecting to your enoughness, your worthiness, your value, and letting that come through onto the pages or onto the race course. And um, your book is about 
you know, connecting to what's already there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're hearing Gary say world-class or world-class athlete or world-class you, and you don't feel, and people don't feel that way, Gary, what's a way to, to feel that way, to connect to that feeling of be, feeling world-class and being world-class? What's, what's the best way to connect to that feeling? And well, that? everybody has gifts. I mean, I know some of my clients, oh my gosh, they're, they love just working on cars, you know, and they're a master at working on a car. And then I have others that are lawyers and they're master at their craft. And I have other, I like moms, they're just master raising kids and balancing when all chaos is breaking out. They're amazing. They're just amazing at that. So everybody's world-class at some point and some level and through their gifts. And, and it's important to re- remind yourself of that. Everybody's world-class. So when I get a, an amazing athlete that comes to me, I'm already talking to them as if, you know, let's say they're 17th or let's say they're 25th in the world. No, I, I'm looking at them as gold medal. And that's our goal is gold medal or podium. And um, because they are, they just have to learn how to practice connecting with that. And that's where, 60 sessions or 80 sessions or 16 sessions or they do the sessions on their own and they meet me once a week so it's 16 weeks and we just keep revisiting their power their personal power their gifts their talents their intelligence their creativeness their high vibration inside is what's going to create something on the outside it's not going to come from outside it's going to come from inside it's all about inside and your book is about connecting back inside to what's already there, okay? We already are courage. We don't have to go find courage. We already are. We just have to remove the layers that's stopping us from feeling courageous. Mm, Love that. Absolutely love that. How do you know who to pay attention to with all the noise out there, Um, especially this time of year? uh, There's a lot of information being thrown at us to do this, do that, this will work. When you wake up, you know, January first, you're going to be a new you. And so we've, we've called this um, new year, best ever you, authentic you. Um, But what are the chances that you're going to be a new you on January 1st? Well, first of all, let's, I always say, let's pause. So I teach the pause and the pause is like taking a step back, taking a deep breath and anchoring yourself in what is. Okay. And what is, is, you don't want to be a new you. You want to be you. You want to be authentic you. You want to be world-class you. You want to be, and that's do, be, do, be, do, be, do, right? The old song. So it's really doing and being and doing and being and doing and being really you. And there's so much along the way that we pick up that we have these issues or we call them things that need to be healed, okay, or wounds that get in the way. And so it's just facing those wounds and facing those not enoughnesses in life or feelings and thoughts and learning what they're all about and taking our time. So it's, it's really about becoming aware. Like the first step is to become aware, you know, of where we're at and our personal power and our really, and if, and if you're not feeling enough, that maybe that's where you start. Hey, my work is on, not feeling enough. 
coming from your heart, thinking with your heart. That's that's my big thing is just really get in there and think with your heart and um, uh, that authenticity, your truths. Um, talk about the word truth. It's a honest, big, great word. Honest, keeping your word, honest, authentic, truthful, love. Truth is love. And we're all a big ball of love. Deep down inside, we are love. So every, and unfortunately, sometimes during this time of year, during the holidays, well, some people feel alone or abandoned or they can't connect with their family and they feel lonely and alone. But if you think about it, we're, and they, they're yearning for love, but they are love. So what they're really yearning for is a connection to themselves first and then connection on the outside with family members and so forth. And with today's technology, even what we're doing today, is we can connect to people across the world, you know, and and uh, and share our love, and that's really what it's about: is connecting with our own love, our big ball of loveness, our ten, and then sharing that. Somebody asked, "How did we meet?" <laughs> we, <laughs> I love this. We met. We met a long time ago. Gary. Gary is one of my mentors um, in everything that I do. But we came along. To, is it ten or twelve years ago now? Wow. <laughs> That's a, let's see, uh, do you like baseball and cats? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Baseball cats. Uh, let's see. That was a new hip ago yeah. and a new heart ago. <laughs> oh yeah. You got to talk about this. Yeah. Tell, tell us about your, your heart. Talk about hearts, heartfelt. Here's a heartfelt story. Yeah. So um, places to start. So maybe, maybe a, a theme, I like one word or one theme. Everybody's like, I got my 27 goals. And then by the 15th or 20th of January, they're not even anywhere near them. And by the 30th, 80% have thrown them out the window. And maybe, you know, 20% are still pursuing their goals or on their way to their goals or have action plans towards their goals. How about not doing all of that? How about, how about having a theme, right? Yeah. So, um, the quick story is I was riding, training uh, Will Farrell, and we were riding a bike in Malibu, and we came to a, a red light and, <laughs> and uh, on Pacific Coast Highway, and I fainted. And I woke up, and there was Will going, hey, dude, I'm calling 911. You just fainted. And I said, oh, really? <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I approve of that. Go ahead. And I wait, made my way towards the curb, and the ambulance came, and you know, you know, a week later, they found uh, my heart valve, which my dad had a problem with and my grandfather had a problem with. It was a heart valve. And again, 54 marathons, 500,000 miles on a bike. And you wouldn't think I had an issue with a heart valve, but I did because it's hereditary. And so they had to replace it. So my goal that year to finish out that year was um, not done yet. That was my goal. Not done yet. Very simple. I'm not done yet. So I've had the series like anybody else in life where you have to write your own comeback. So maybe somebody listening now is saying, that's it. I'm going to write my own comeback. And that's their theme all year. Or maybe their theme is not done yet because they're not done with something and they still feel they can achieve something or, or polish something or create something or start something or finish something. 
Okay, so it's all about believing in yourself, connecting with your worthiness, your enoughness, and your 10, and then being patient about it. And just, it's, you heal when you're ready to heal. Not a day sooner, not a moment sooner, not a minute sooner, not a hour sooner. When you're ready to heal, you'll heal. And so my overreaching theme was I'm not done yet, as in I'm moving forward. And then uh, a, a year later after that was um, optimal health. And a, a year later after that was, which is this next coming year, is performance health which were embracing again and competing again and, you know, pushing my clients harder and so forth and so on. So um, it doesn't matter what happens to you. It doesn't matter. It's happening for us. And again, it's all about looking back inside and healing what needs to be healed or shifting or changing your story or shifting and changing your habits. And so now it's very fine-tuned. It's, it's never not healthy. It was just I was born with a bad heart. So, um, and nobody knew it because I was doing all this performance, you know, athletics, and then coaching for the last 30 years as well. So, do you, I, I, I remember this, you know, I was, I was there with you when you said, you know, I'm not done yet. I'm going to do this and that and another thing. And I know you, so I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> but to, to people um, who go through something like that, uh, sometimes the healing process isn't as quick as yours or the mindset is different. And so you have, you have tools in your toolbox to, to really come through that uh, well. What would you say that you learned that you can pass on to other people who might be dealing with? Um, yeah, the power is in us. Right. The powers and our our gifts and our talents and our worthiness and our value and our worthiness are our, our 10. OK. And what happens is. We get attached. And so we have to heal that. And like I said, some people take two months, some people take two years, some people take 10 years. And the longer it takes, it's usually because we're not so connected to our worthiness. And so again, the three phase system I teach is becoming aware of what our blocks and what our insecurities and what our wounds are, but becoming aware of our gifts and talents as well, okay? And then the second step is to heal those wounds, do the work and ask yourself some transformational questions like, are you willing to take a look at that? Are you willing to work on that? But in the healing, process it's all about staying present like even doing things for yourself things that you love doing what you love and and being patient and gentle with yourself uh, while you're doing it because there will be a day okay when it'll shift i mean there was a day i got on my bike and there was a day i ran again and there was a day uh i believed in myself to do the next step and there was a day you know, when after losing my father, there was a day I felt better. Right. And it's just um, being patient enough, knowing that if you practice inside out instead of outside in, um, it's it's 
you know, like that overused word manifesting, right? That we were chatting about the other day, right? It's, it's really about raising your vibration because if we only love ourselves at a three, we're only going to be able to love other things and somebody else at a three. Okay. But if we start learning how to embrace ourselves, love ourselves, nourish ourselves, getting a little extra sleep, uh, not going so hard or fast, not overstressing, learning how to not be so reactive. Those are all loving practices. And if we learn how to love ourselves better at a seven, at an eight, at a nine, and again, not to measure everything, but to just give you some context. Um, when we start really loving ourselves at a seven, eight, nine, and 10 is when we can love other people at seven, eight, nine, and 10. And that's a really high vibration. And everything that we do, everything in life, everything that we're doing right now is energy. So the higher vibrational energy that we can be, we're going to attract that. The phone's going to ring. People come into our life. And again, it's staying present because we don't have the future now. So what we can bank on is ourselves. And if we keep raising our energy and our value of ourselves in a very loving way, we're going to attract. And that's manifesting, but not with the focus on the word manifesting and it's something <laughs> mechanical mechanical that we do it's no it's more about how we the energy in our thoughts and the energy in our actions and the energy in our pursuits and the energy in our day energy how we wake up yeah manifesting isn't like me sitting here thinking up things that are going to happen to me with just me sitting here <laughs> and not taking the action and the follow through and the mindset and all the things that go, go through, it, it doesn't work that way. Manifesting is a tricky word. And as we, and this was powerful in my life years ago, as, as we start to learn how to not run around with our hair on fire, which I used to do probably 30 years ago, um, you know, as an athlete and a type A and so forth, it's, it's more about as you start, as we connect more. And again, I'm, just as human as everybody else and just as faulty as everybody else and to just laugh at myself when that happens but the course corrected so the course corrected and to connect with my loving self or my gifted self as quickly as possible instead of moping for a week I, now i might now it might laugh at myself a minute later and then and again get back on track um and it's just that that high vibration walking around and then the key the major shift that i made it was then to share that yeah and when you share that higher vibration and just like give it away just be it and do it and there's that guy again <laughs> there's that energy again or there he did something again or there he said something again and just keep sharing it and then challenge them to share it challenge them to go be it well, this is this is one of the lessons we you and I taught in Percolate, Let Your Best Self Filter Through, which was my first book with Hay House. And Gary saw through pretty much every word of that book, uh, helping me and assisting me to kind of craft the messages there, especially the last chapter about peace. Um, can you talk about what we wrote in the back of of uh, Percolate there with peace when you're when you go this way or this way and learning to really find what keeps you peaceful and, and in the moment? Well, again, if we just did a little graph and so, and people, some people like 
graphs and pictures and things, and that's cool. And they can visualize it. Um, you know, two, three, four, five, all the way up to 10 and minus two, three, four, five, minus 10. Well, if you're way down in the gutter, way down, we call it in the basement, and you're helpless and hopeless, that's like a minus nine or a minus 10 depression. And so you got to work your way up above the line into the positive by being grateful. Like, I remember the when I got a new hip, which allowed me to get back into competition. Um, I, I, okay, what's my theme? Okay, I wanted that one word theme again. What am I going to live by? And I put the word grateful on my license plate. So now, whatever it is, 12, 13 years later with a hip, every time I drive, I'm driving the grateful car, right? And I'm driving with some gratefulness and I'm grateful of that car. I'm grateful of being on the roads. I'm grateful of being alive. I'm grateful to go to the store. I'm grateful to pay for anything in the store. That type of thing. Just being grateful will immediately raise you to like a nine or a 10 just by being grateful. So when somebody says, and you asked me about all these people have all these tools and all these programs and so forth. That's first step is to become aware of where you're at. Okay. And the second step is to understand you're going to do it. It's not magic bullet and magic tool and magic, you know, system and magic stepping program. It's going to be how you can implement somebody. If it resonates with you is again, one of the best ways to, to know it's for you and, and, and then to implement it and then share it. Almost jumping out of my chair here with the word gratitude. <laughs> I love, that's my favorite word. I think people know that, but you know, gratitude for me, I'm, I'm a person who's nearly lost my life on multiple occasions with food allergic reactions. And so for me, every day is such a gift. I mean, I, I wake up and I'm like, breathe, gratitude <laughs> all day long. And when you really ground yourself in gratitude and root everything in gratitude, it changes the perspective. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to simplify where people are right now. No, there are yeah. some people that are depressed and there's some people that feel alone and there's some people healing and that's, and that's life. I mean, that's, we're perfectly imperfect. And, and to just embrace that. And, and again, like perfectionism, right, is one of the biggest wounds we have to learn to grow through. And that's another concept. And that is fear. We have to face fear. We have to grow through fear. We have to grow through we're not enough. We can't go around it or above it or below it or fake it or pose that we are. Um, there's two of us. And they're one. And they, we shift from one to the other. So there's like two Garys. There's the egoic Gary who gets in his own way and doesn't want to slow down and doesn't and and might think be fearful of something. And then there's authentic, truthful, honest Gary that it was born that way and it's gifted and talented and intelligent that needs to just remember that. We forget that it's really simple. Like I have my uh, athletes. Uh, that I'm training right now for some world-class events coming up, pause before we do the hardest challenging workout that we do. And that's a track workout where there's intervals and high heart rates and it's very uncomfortable, but it, it expands their body to another level. But I have them pause and go, I am. Mm. And I am doing this. So we have this concept that's called, we're doing this. 
and we have this, right? Yeah. And and we're not done yet, no matter what their age is. So the older ones are like, I'm not done yet, right? And the, the youthful ones are, we're doing this. And that's literally, I have them take that to the starting line, no matter the distance of the race. We're doing this and stay in that high vibration. So, you know, you might have a one word goal for this upcoming year is shine. Another word might be peace, right? That was one of my words after my heart surgery was for the year is I wake up every morning and I was going to be peaceful. It wasn't going to be how many clients can I work with? It wasn't going to be how much money I could take or save or whatever, how many things I could buy or, you know, and it wasn't getting lost and insecure and invisible. It was just staying peaceful, you know? And then I realized in the last few months, there are some days I lost my peace <laughs> and I was like, okay, Gary, just walk your talk, you know, yeah. um, believe and honor your word, keep your word. Yeah. And so back to peaceful and it works because peaceful is again, way up there, nine or 10 on a scale of high vibration. Um, so if we can re just get an idea, learn some of these words, there's power in words, there's energy in words, there's vibration in words, there's vibration, excuse me, vibration in thoughts, and they'll stop us. We're our own worst enemy. And it's that egoic side that we've taken on some things that, you know, teacher didn't believe in us, a mom or a dad didn't believe in us. Uh, we had some challenges along the way. Uh, in my case, uh, a water skiing accident that stopped what I thought was going to be the ultimate career for me, which, again, my mom, like 20 years later, she goes, oh, come on. Don't you know why that happened? And I was like, no, mom, oh, wise one. You know, the mom comes up with the wisest things every once in a while, like, wow, just blows you away. Right. And mom goes, no, you were you were meant to share all this energy you have. And, and whether you're working with an athlete or you're working with somebody, you know, a real estate agent or a lawyer, or if you're working with a business owner, or if you're working with a child. And that's cool, too, because the sooner we can teach this to our kids, um, they're going to grow up with some focus and some courage. And they, they don't they won't mind fear. But it's it's the, you know, people in their 40s and their 50s and their 60s. That can, if they can say to themselves, and when they say to themselves, I'm willing to take a look at that about themselves, it's no looking back. Let's talk about that for a minute. I'm willing to take a look at that. Um, you and I are out, I would say outspoken. I'm going to use that word a little bit. Non-drinkers. I mean, that's just not our vibe, our thing or anything. We just don't, don't drink. Um what do you what do you say about numbing agents and um, the fear and the pain and the band-aiding things that people do to um, <clears throat> get out of pain? Like um, I know uh, we talked about this the other day. I know like for the past few years, grief, I'll eat. Like when my dad died, it was in the pantry. I go, <laughs> my hand went back in the chocolate that you have trained me not to do, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And you go there and then uh, and then you just kind of lose yourself a little bit in the, mm -hmm. in the pain and so forth. And then when you reconnect with your heart, your truth, your energy and so forth, you stop and do something else. And you're, you know, and you're, and you're back doing that. But sometimes it takes some outside help. Sometimes it takes awareness from yourself, other people, but that honest, are you willing to take a look at that is, 
such a powerful statement. There's a lot mixed up in there, but um, go with go with it. <laughs> sure. sure, happy to. So, like, imagine like we're a table, and there's four legs. So we got the mental focus, we got the emotional feelings, we got the physical balanced or imbalanced part of ourselves, and we got the spiritual connection. Okay, so anything we do affects those four legs. Any question we ask ourselves, anything that we do um, affects those four legs. Now, when I take, when I work with a client or we can work this way uh, this year, I break down each of those legs. So on the physical leg, you're talking about addiction. Okay, so there's a mental component, an emotional component, a physical component, and a spiritual component of addiction. Another word for addiction is attachment. So on the positive side, as humans, we have our faults and our stresses, and we don't understand or define stress in a balanced way. We just take it on or take on more. Yeah. And I, I work with a lot of moms, a lot of super moms, right? And the super moms take it all on. And I'm amazed at how incredibly tough they are and what they take on, but it can't last forever because they're going to break down. So they're either going to rob from their sleep or they're going to rob from something, their nutrition, or they're going to get that fast, like you said, donut, cookie, ice cream, whatever. Chocolate. Okay. Eat chocolate. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, on the physical or nutritional side, right? And on a positive level, we need coping mechanisms when it's stressful because we're humans. So it's okay to utilize something that helps us cope. Well, a piece of chocolate stimulates our dopamine, stimulates our serotonin. Those are the true neurotransmitters that help us feel good and have joy. And then we go to our taste buds and chocolate tastes good. So now the danger of chocolate is it tastes good and it makes us feel good. Yeah. But but now if you go an hour, two or three without chocolate or the next morning, some people have food hangovers, right? Or what we call is chocolate or sugar is a depressant. Yeah. So it's like, hey, Elizabeth, hey, everybody out there, why don't you come over to my house and let's have two glasses of depressant? That's it. <laughs> yeah. who's, who's, who's up for that? <laughs> and you're well, like, uh, not if you put it that way, but. We have to understand there's a flip side, right? There's a yin and a yang to everything. And pretty much the coping mechanism, if you overuse it, it becomes a numbing agent and it stops the pain because it tastes good and feels good and it's joyous um, for a moment. But when that moment's over, it's also a depressant. So if we're not fully aware, I call it aware to be aware. That's what awareness is. How do you define awareness? Aware that you're aware. Okay, so we've got to be conscious of what we're doing and making conscious decisions or mindful decisions versus mindless eating or mindless decisions. All right. And so what happens to most addictions, it becomes mindless and there isn't somebody looking at both sides or they're not personally looking at both sides. And then it becomes an attachment. And that's what addiction is. It's an attachment. So something like alcohol they start valuing, there's that word value, right? They start valuing the drink or the three hours they can drink after work more valuable so they can hang out with their friend Al, alcohol, right? So they want to hit after work to go hang out with Al, alcohol, and 
that becomes more important than other things in their life. And then the life starts getting unbalanced. And so it's, again, are you willing to take a look at that question is what we call a transformational question and transformation. And I don't mean to go on here, but transformation is going from this to that, like going from 150 to 125 pounds. That's transformation. Okay. To, to implement or get a result like that, we have to think about transformation. We have to understand what transformation is. We have to might trans. We have to take a look at some of our thoughts and choices and so forth, and we have to transform them into something much more productive, if that's the goal they chose. Like in the case of one of my uh, world class athletes, she came to me. She said, "Look, I know I'm pretty good at the two hour race, but can I do the eight hour race?" And I was like, "You know, that's four times, and that's a whole different mindset." And we're going to have to transform you from a two-hour sprinter to an eight-hour, you know, 10. Yeah. Staying connected to your 10 for eight hours is much more challenging than two hours. So, and she did it. And she silver medaled in the world championships uh, a month or two ago. We were in, she silvered in the Switzerland world championships and then in the Spain world championships. So. That's where I'm, I've been hanging out around the world, getting getting my COVID tests along the way. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's so that's so amazing. Um, when when you think about that, going from this to this, it it makes me think about New Year's resolutions um, because people are it, again we do this, and I'm not sure why we do this, but we seem to think that you know we're going to hit the ground doing something new, and I think it's amazing to have a goal like that. But I also want people to be successful with whatever goal they put out there to do that. But sometimes there's a list of like, you know, I'm going to change everything about me. And here's 15 things I'm going to change. I'm going to do it all by March 15th and bing, bang, boom, I'm done. What what does it really take to go from here to here? Let's say we're let's throw some maybe like goals out there, resolutions that people might have, like let's say somebody wants to lose 50 pounds or somebody does want to stop drinking or somebody wants to stop smoking or, um, you know, we can go through what I went through, stop eating chocolate. Um, what does it really take to actually do that and have it stick so that December, you know, January, 2023, you have, you know, you're successful and you have a new goal. One, keeping it simple. Two, connecting to your worthiness, your value, valuing it more than what you've been doing so far. In in the case of the 20 pounds or whatever you said, you were making choices or somebody was making choices to gain those 20 pounds. So to believe that you're a 10, to believe you can do this and to value that when you're making your choices. So the story has to change. The identity has to change. The you're going to be changing your clothes, probably. You're going to be changing um, maybe your activity and your movement, your choices of foods. And most of my clients, we take a look at their blood work and we see what's depleted and we see what's appropriate. Normal, they call it. Normal zones. And what's not normal. And maybe that's influencing their choices. Like if somebody has really, really low serotonin or dopamine, they're probably addicted to something because they don't have any joy naturally in their neurotransmitters. 
Well, how do you do that? Well, there's a simple two or $300 test. You go through the urine, we send it to the lab, you get it back and we find out what your levels are. And through that, we can start pinpointing and target. So if you want to, if you want to talk in a world-class way, we all start, whether it's simple way or world-class way, are you connected and valuing yourself enough? Okay, what's your reason for doing this? Is it just looks? Is it health? Okay, is it, um, I was there, like I usually ask people, what did you weigh in high school? And they tell me, and I say, great, what'd you weigh in college? Okay, what'd you weigh when you're 30? Okay, what'd you weigh in 40? And somewhere is there, oh, I liked when I was there. I said, great. And then I say to them, you're already there. Plus 20 pounds of fear. And 20 pounds of disconnecting to your 10, to your valuableness. And if you start to understand that and start walking around that we're doing this concept with the t-shirt, <laughs> we're doing this. We're doing this. Okay. Or I'm not done yet. That means you're in the process of and you're staying present with the thought of, no, this is valuable to me. And when you start making choices and you pause your choices, you don't just eat a half a carton of ice cream. But you understand that with a carton of ice cream, you're going to get really fired up. You get really energetic and then you're going to get really low ebb, moody, depressed. Especially so, if you a carton of ice cream before you go to bed. Yeah, so you keep it simple. It's, you know, shift your eating, shift your thinking, shift your movement. Those three things will get you there. Now, if you want to do it in six weeks, six months, or 18 months, it's, it's up to whoever I'm talking to. It's up to them. But it's all doable. We're doing this. Like, we're not thinking about it. We're doing this. So there's a do and a be. So the do is we're doing this. We're going to make those choices. The B is I'm going to act like, let's just use the example 150 and 125, okay? You're already 125 plus 25 pounds of bad choices, 25 pounds of I'm not enough, 25 pounds of I like ice cream more than my 125-pound body, right? I like, in, in the case of my athletes, I like ice cream more than one mile an hour faster on the bike. <laughs> you know, I can equate it to, you know, performance. We can equate it to age, right? We can equate it to COVID. I mean, unfortunately, the most challenging uh, people that have faced COVID are the aged, right? 65 and older. So I have to be aware of that, right? Be aware that I'm aware of that. And then secondly is the old overweight and obese, or the diabetics. And those seems to be the categories that have had the most challenges in either HCU or have died. Yeah. And that's important. Can I throw the word but in? But Gary, <laughs> <laughs> you can just take that one. <laughs> but Gary, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to do this still. You know, I don't like myself. I don't, I, I don't understand you're worthy. I don't understand self-love, self-worth, self-care. I don't understand how to, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. You know, what if people listening don't understand how to connect uh, with those things, self-care, mm -hmm. self-love and self-worth or understand what those concepts even are? Because maybe they didn't grow up with that. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to take a look at that? Yes. 
<laughs> awesome. Great. And are you willing to take a look at some of the definitions you have around those things? Yes. Okay. And are you willing to take a look at how you make some of those choices and why you make some of those choices? Absolutely. Okay. And are, as I suggest to my athletes, it, like for the runners, I'm, I tell them out of 10 runs, eight are going to be awesome and two are going to suck. So are you going to be okay when it doesn't feel so good? And yeah. you're not going to go backwards. You're just going to say, oh, there's that two out of 10 thing. And that's just normal. Why? Because we're perfectly imperfect humans. We have faults and we have bad days and good days and so forth and gift days. So I asked them, are you willing to chip away at this, gradually move through this? Um, for example, uh, we were do I was doing a movie with uh, Martin Scorsese and Adam Driver and Liam Neeson and Andrew. Um, and he played Spider-Man. So I was meeting with Andrew and, um, and Martin Scorsese. And I turned to him because he had to lose like 45 pounds. He's already thin. So I had to create him into like ribs, but in a healthy way. Right. So I turned to him and I said, so what's the worst thing you eat? And he goes, like a little kid, chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> like me. <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. And I said, okay, that's cool. It's cool. I said, yeah, I mean, that's human. Chocolate chip. How many do you eat? Four. I said, how big were they? Really big. I said, okay. He goes, he goes you're not going to take them away from me, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so I think I said that to you, too. You're not going to take that away from me, are you? <laughs> no. I said, no. no, no, because it's all about empowering somebody. I said, you're the boss, you're driving the bus, these are your choices, and we're gonna learn about those choices. <laughs> but I said, how about if we give you three weeks to start losing the chocolate chip cookies? He goes, three weeks? I thought you were gonna take them away tonight. Tell me I couldn't eat anything. I said, no, that's set up for failure. Just all this cold turkey things and ungentle and unkind and ungradual. But how about if we just start shifting and you learn along the way? So what I like to say is I love what inspires me is <laughs> when my clients are sharing what they learn with other people and then they become the biggest influencers in a positive way. And that's what we can all do. The painter that teaches somebody how to paint or how they make decisions on painting and the, the com comedy, the comic who teaches people comedy or stand up and the, you know, the others that, you know, the athlete that turns into a coach that shares what they know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for those that don't know, some of the biggest projects I've had are Hollywood calls when it's major transformation time. <laughs> so I get the projects where there's major transformation in the mind and a body in a scene and a character on a movie. And so I work with those that are the most challenging and difficult. Because it's, it's, again, we're all human and we all have our stuff and that all has to be nurtured and understood. And again, are you willing to take a look at that is one of my favorite questions, because if somebody's willing to learn, there's no looking back. So one of the biggest steps in letting the weight go, because remember, it's you're just letting fear go and the weight will drop. 
And when you let that block or that egoic identity you have go, it, the weight's going to fall off. Obviously, you have to do some doing, right? You ask me all the time. It's not just being and manifesting. Oh, whoa, whoa, woo, woo. It's right. no, you got to make some important decisions. But again, you want to start making decisions because you're inspired to make those decisions. Not because you have to or, you know. Yeah, I have a line in my head all the time. When I go to reach for something, it's like, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. That's my line. I just, I, I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I, what do you think about that line? Can't I out-exercise a bad diet. I think it came from you even probably. I don't know where it yeah. is. No, it's true. Because, yeah. And I, yeah, and I let everybody know that. But again, there's no judgment and there's no shaming, no. right? It's just, okay. <laughs> Jim Carrey once said to me, he goes, you know what? I love that you don't judge me. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you just made a decision that didn't look the best for you, but we're going to move forward from here. Why? Because it's the present moment. We're just in the present moment. And and that's um, what we have. 24-7. Talk about evolve. Now, the present moment, evolve. And then um, I really wanted you to I love cultural hall pass. We got to touch on cultural hall pass, but it, those, those things before we go, it's, it's, we have 10 minutes left. Okay, sure. No problem. So for instance, in a marathon, and I'll use that as an example or a painting in a marathon years, 44,000 steps plus or minus. Okay. So that means they have 44,000 moments, right? Wow. Cause think about it. It's 44,000 fractions of a second or a second. And, that's 44,000 thoughts, or what are they thinking in that foot strike? And that's how I break it down to the ridiculous. Like, hey, let's remember, if you go somewhere in your mind, come back to your foot strike. Why? That's a moment. And then start being in the present moment, because we can only be our best in that present moment. In that stroke, I have a, she's an amazing artist on canvas and it's in that stroke again the thoughts through and the color choice and the thought is from her head down her arm into the into the brush and then onto the canvas and stay in each stroke um that's all we have we can be our worst only in the present moment we don't have 10 minutes from now we don't have 10 minutes ago it's gone and it's not here yet so we only, if we can just remember that, we only have right now and to come back to right now. So when we're making a choice and if we make it from a minus three, we're going to get a minus three result. And if we make it from an eight, you know, uh, we're going to get an eight result. I, I remember in way back when, you know, Oprah, right? She lost weight and then she'd over eventually gain it again. Then she'd lose it and then she'd gain it again. But every time she would lose weight, she goes, I got, I'm, I need to make everything a seven or above, right? Myself, the choices I make, the workout I have with Bob and so forth. And yeah, it's kind of that concept. It's when you value something and you value at a, at a bar high enough that will honor you as a human being that's that's where that that's where we make significant results okay the cultural hall pass at this time of year well i always say from halloween to super bowl sunday is the window of time we gain most weight 
because in on Halloween comes the sugar. And on Super Bowl Sunday, I mean, it's now competing with what? New Year's Day, Christmas Day and Thanksgiving is the, the most food consumed as a human being, right? On one day or one four hour sitting. So we have to watch that or just be aware of that. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying be aware, set yourself up, spread it out, you know, make good choices, as we always say. And understand, though, when it's dark and dreary or rainy or cold or the sun isn't up as much during throughout the day, like now, it's winter time. It's not so easy to lose weight either if those things affect your mood. So remember, food is fuel and food is mood. And so food also has an after effect. It could be energy or it could be a depressive piece of a choice. So cultural hall passes, everybody puts on, not everybody, but a lot of people put on weight during that window of time. And they also do the holiday parties and they eat the cookies and the eggnog. And now we got New Year's eve celebration and then we got super bowl sunday right around there and i always say there's a positive to the cultural hall pass we have a hall pass to what we're not working as much we can work out more we can eat better we can start the new year with a momentum and the other part of cultural mm -hmm. hall pass is we can be like the masses like seven out of ten people are overweight and obese that's this unfortunate statistic in north america and that means seven out of 10 people are falling into this cultural hall pass where we can just let it rip and not worry about our health and gain the weight because, oh, I'll lose it, you know, by February. Yeah. And then 80% of the people don't. Right. And then you've gained 10 pounds or 20 pounds. What's the average weight gain during that? Is it 10 pounds or 20? Is it more now? Yeah, it's six to 10 <laughs> pounds. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's Does too much. Does the average person still gain like 10 pounds with every decade also? I can't remember if that's. Well, let's just put it this way um, and not focus on the weight. Let's just maybe paint a picture of what happens in the human body yeah. the older we get. So the most uh, virile, vital muscle mass we have is around 32, the most testosterone the body's made, the peak out at around 32 women and men and then from then on 32 to 62 we we lose it every year so we lose testosterone we lose muscle mass and then when we go maybe 50s and 60s we don't lift weight or we don't do as much activity as we used to and we buy into that cultural hall pass and i always say the older we get the more we should move not the less we should move because if the more we moved as we were older, we would still be lean and and athletic and, and flexible. have a flexible. Flex yeah, flexible. So we lose things internally uh, in our blood over the years unless we're conscious of that. And we make sure like lifting weights improves testosterone no matter what age. you are. Yeah. And so you don't need synthetics and you don't need to be on performance athletic drugs and things like that. You can do it naturally. People are texting us all sorts of questions on this topic. And we have five minutes left. My phone is going. Go ding, ding. Yeah. Go um, yeah, I might, I'm going to pick this up and just see what people are texting us. Cause it's um, okay. Yeah. It, it's more along the, more along the lines of um, 
somebody was asking about your mirror concept about mirroring decisions and results and asking if you could explain that one more time before we go about how you see yourself and the results you're going to get. So if you see yourself as an eight and act, you know, and, and do everything as an eight, you'll have results to be an eight or 10 or whatever it is. Right. So I'll tell you in the Wayback machine, because you asked me a question, like, when did it all start? Yeah. How and one of the angles it started is I would just mirror and match a pro baseball player. Yeah. So I would warm up like them, perform like them, do spring training like them. And again, this is a little older, so they weren't eating as good. So that's when I learned nutrition and I took weight training and everything to another level for myself. Um, but I would mirror and match a pro. And I'd get, I try to get the results they were getting, right? That's the quickest way to get results. They've got right? the flight path. But if you look at that and now looking back, I was mirroring an eight in their craft, right? Or a nine or a 10. And that's what I mean is it's like you got to think like it and sleep like it and eat like it and dress like it and walk like it. And if you do, if you just took a pyramid and all of these strings hanging down where all of these decisions you can make, drink like it, hydrate like it, you know, recover like it, you know, stretch, you know, get coaching like it, whatever, you're going to create it. It's like a pie. It's like a cake. And it's going to happen. We're doing this. And so when I look at my uh, performance athletes and I said, we're doing this, they look at me like, why? How do you, how are you so sure? And I go, because it's like baking a cake. And if we <laughs> put all the elements in there, we're going to have an amazing cake by race day. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I said to you, I want to be an author. And then it happened. And I'm like, now what? <laughs> You're like, we're doing this. <laughs> Kind of thing. Well, exactly. And there, I'm sure there's amazing chefs out there and and, and, yeah. and people who love food and make food. And so just think of one of your amazing dishes and what it takes, the prep, the actual making, the delivery, the presentation. That's weight loss. It's no different. We just changed the topic and you got to present, you got to get prepared and then you got to do it and then you got to present yourself and then you got to keep it going. All right. One more question, then we're going to go, everybody. Um, we have a question about friends, but my friend circle, all when I like, for example, when I go to hang on, when I go to someone's house for the holidays, a friend, family, whatever, um, they nothing on their end is changing. I'm trying to change, but everything there is staying the same. How do I? How do I change in a in a sea of everybody doing the same thing over and over again? Whether it's alcohol, food, all of it. Mm -hmm. How do you be different and put your foot down and say, nope, I'm sorry, I'm going to go dairy free or I'm not going to drink that or whatever. And do you need to put your foot down? Do you need to sometimes be rude about it? That's what the question is. Uh, okay. So I'll start with the <laughs> last question. You never have to be rude. No. Okay. If somebody misinterprets your decision, like the hostess or the host. Okay. This is really important. And then everybody can write this down. Everybody is responsible for what they think, what they feel, what they say, and what they do. Everybody's responsible for what they think, what they feel, what they say, and what they do. So the hostess takes it wrong. You're not eating her food. She's responsible for her 
thoughts, her feelings, what she says and what she does with that. Okay. You as a invitee, okay, are responsible for your choices. So you're responsible for what you think about what you're going to drink or eat, how you feel about it, what you actually do. And then if you say anything about it. So what you would do is I always say, this looks amazing. And I don't have any idea what, how much time it took you to make all that, but I'm always fascinated because I don't cook like that. So I truly am from my heart telling them, oh my God, this is amazing. And I just don't partake or I'll drink sparkling water. Yeah. And that's why, because that serves me. That's me, that's my performance health goal for 22. Um, that's going to make me a better athlete. That's going to help me in, on Saturday's training session. Um, you know, so I'm making a decision for me and I, and it's nobody's business. Let them judge it. They, they can't, I mean, they can, but it doesn't affect me because I'm not affected. And, I, and if I say, please don't take it the wrong way. It's, this is a, a choice I'm making for me. And, you know, Got it. I don't know if that helped your answer. No, I, I think it does. Um, they're not texting. I think they're listening. <laughs> so I think it did. If it didn't text us again, and we'll go. Um, is there anything in the hour, because uh, we're at nine o'clock now, that we haven't covered that you want to talk about before we go? Uh, there's okay, time, right? but I think we're good. Yeah. Um, so well, well, I, I, I let's do a few more of these. Let's create. I mean, if, if we can do some plans, some systems, you know, the eight pillars, the the four quadrants, we can do the three steps. I mean, there's all sorts of 10 points of change. <laughs> <laughs> we got that too. We can talk about the change guidebook if people want to, you know, that's coming out in March for sure. Yeah. I mean, I can break down, you know, one of, uh, one of my, our latest uh, achievements out in Spain, we can take a look at, you know, the highs and the lows and what it took to uh, the three year journey. Those both took to do what they did there in Spain and podium and silver medal and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it, they started with, I like, I get this all day. Hey, do you think I could do a triathlon? I mean, I get that. And then three years later, they're like rocking it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I had, I was at the, at one of my clients, I was uh, running around the track, which if you know me running around the tra track is not my jam, but I do it. And um, they said, are, you know, are you Elizabeth? Can you help me lose 150 pounds? They were walking around the track and we, you know, a year and a half later, 125 pounds was, was off. 150 pounds was too aggressive. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, 125 pounds later, um, that, and there was a lot of fear, like you were saying, I was thinking about that as you were talking about fear, you know, fear of the new wardrobe, fear of the, you know, change in what they're going to eat, what they cook for their family, how they do, you know, everything about the, their life changed. Um, and, and 12 medications gone as well. That's phenomenal. And that, that's amazing. And that person was already, you know, that, uh, end result weight. She was already that, right. Oh yeah. Plus yeah. that hundred pounds, 120 pounds. And that's actually another session we could do on fear. I'd, I'd love to do that. Yeah, beautiful. Well, we thank you all for being with us. Um, certainly such a joy to see you, Gary. Um, we we are just so grateful for all of you for your support this year um, with the Best Ever You Network and with us. Um, visit us at besteveryou.com. You can become a member. It's free. Um, there's books we've written, <laughs> books we've collaborated on. Um, there's Percolate, Let Your Best Self Filter Through. And then everybody can, of course, um, pre-order the Change Guidebook, which is anywhere books are sold. 
Um, and then GaryCobat.com is there as well. I, lo I, I love your website and your mindful tools. Um, those are those are always beautiful as well. There's a lot of information um, out there. Um, and all, of course, everything, you know, all of our shows that we've done together are available on Best Ever You. And there are things like finish the year, finish, finish strong. There's a gratitude show. There's I mean, there's so much free content out there um, for, for people, but we'll definitely come back and do more of these. Don't you think, Gary? Yeah, not only that, I just want to remind everybody there are 10. Oh, and yeah. don't let anybody tell you you're not a 10. And it's been there since you were born. It's there 24-7. You're incredibly valuable. And as you connect to that more, there's nothing infinite that you can do. There's nothing you can't do. It's yeah. infinite. And just remember that this year. It's a great, that's your great theme, world-class you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here, Gary. Thank you for being here. And um, we're just going to sign off. And, and again, thank everybody. I don't know. I hate signing off shows. So here we go. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Good night. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.